welcome to West Coast Conversations. I'm Genevieve Wood, and I'm here with um, Bronwyn Wetter, a local potter in the Kootenai area um, and a wonderful artist. I've been following your stuff online for a while now, and I, I love watching your process videos and just like getting to see inside your studio. You're very transparent with all that stuff, which I love. Um, how are you doing today, Bronwyn? Thanks. I'm doing well. Thank you. Good. Um, do you want to just tell us a little bit about um, how you started with your pottery and just like what what your journey's been and how long you've been doing it? Sure. Um, I started doing pottery with night classes through the Kootenai School of the Arts, um, okay. probably back in about 2012, I think, was <gasps> my first. Is that That's how we know each from? other. That's, oh. yes, that's the other place. I graduated from the Kennedy School of the Arts in 2012. Oh, <laughs> I'm Jewelry. Uh, okay. We were just chatting earlier about how we knew each other somehow. Okay. But yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the connection. That's so funny. Not to take us off track. Go ahead. No, but I was like, she's so familiar. What? I don't. Uh, great. I'm so glad because that those kind of things drive me crazy. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, yeah. So I started doing night classes there with Lisa Martin. And um, I remember walking into the clay studio and Lisa giving us all like a block of clay and we had it in front of us. And as soon as I opened up the bag of clay and I smelled that like earthy smell, it just, it brought me right back to my childhood, like immediately in that moment. And I was just like, oh my goodness, I have grown up um, out at Six Mile in Nelson and uh, live very close to Six Mile Beach. And um, I don't know how many people have experienced this themselves, but there's a huge clay deposit at Six Mile Beach. And um, right along the, the pathway, as you're walking down onto the beach, there's all sorts of clay there. So as a, as a young kid, um, I would walk down there and I would uh, sit on the beach and I would dig up the clay and make little pots and like it was one of my favorite things to do. And so when I walked into the studio that night and I smelled the clay and I started working with the clay, I was like, oh my goodness, I can't get enough of this. And so I kept signing up for these night classes um, and I was like, this is a ridiculously expensive habit that I'm getting into, um, <laughs> but I, but I need to do more. Like, this is just, it was so amazing. Lisa was so, um, positive. Like everything I made was like sweet and lovely. And like, she just, she inspired this part of me that this artist part of me that I didn't even know existed. I, felt like, you know, I went through my whole life being told that, or not being told that, but thinking that I wasn't an artist. I wasn't good at art, period. Mm -hmm. You know, I would draw something, we would be working on like shading or something like that in art class in grade six. And I could not, for the life of me, draw a cube, right? So I just thought, I'm, I'm a horrible artist. Um, and so I, I obviously never pursued that. And I stayed far away from art <laughs> class when I had the choice to. Um, but when I got in class with her and she was, she was so positive, um, like I remember making these pots and they were like so wonky and falling over and, and she, um, she made this little, I'll never forget this. She made this little tiny 
she called it a stilt. And she made this little tiny um, piece of clay that held up the underside of one of my pots that was like completely flopping over. And she's like, here, you can make this little stilt. And we like glazed it and everything. I still have it. Um, and I just like, she was so inspiring that I, I just had to do more. Like I couldn't get enough of it. And so being in the studio at night, I was able to see all of the work from the um, people that were taking the uh, certificate, not sorry, it wasn't a certificate course at the time, it was a diploma course. Yeah. Um, so I was able to see all of the work from the students that were there during the day. Um, and I would often kind of like wander over into the spaces that we weren't really allowed to be in as, as night, night school uh, students. <laughs> and I remember having conversations with some of them because they'd be in there really late at night working. Um, and one of them said to me, you know that you can take this part-time, right? And I was like, what? Because I had a full-time job and I was like, how can I make this work? And she said, you can do this program part-time. And so then I was just like, mind blown. Um, <laughs> how can I like actually do this? Yeah. And that was kind of like the, the jumping off point for like my pottery career, I guess. Um, I very quickly made a portfolio out of all of my crazy pieces that I'd made in night night class because that was the only art I had ever done because I felt like I wasn't an artist and so yeah. I took all of these pieces and I put together a portfolio and I applied for Kootenai School of the Arts and you know asked them can I do the the courses part-time I have a full-time job at the pool um at the time I was was uh the head lifeguard at the pool and I'd been there already for um probably about like close to 20 years and so I had a lot of flexibility in my schedule and the regional district's always been really amazing with um giving their staff the opportunity to follow other pursuits when they can um, yeah. and so you know I went to my supervisor and said hey can I work my schedule so that I can take these two studio classes um, on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and then, you know, have my time off from here on different days. And can I, so I was able to totally shuffle my um, my full time job around so that I could go, you know, part time to school, which really ended up being full full time. Um, <laughs> Like on my, you know, I would leave work lifeguarding and I'd go straight to the studio until 11 o'clock at night Yeah, um, every day. I mean, you know that. Yeah, I remember that. It's, um, you think you, like I had this, this notion of art school, like being like, oh, well it's school, but it's not really school. Like it's fun. And, but then, you know, I started getting the assignments of like, you need to make 50 mugs by next week. And I was like, what? So I was, it's school. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's real school. Like, I think some people think it's, um, I don't know what, I mean, I was one of those people and I just thought, oh, art school, like how hard is that? You know, like, yeah. but man, it was, <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, <laughs> So I ended up doing that. Uh, I did the diploma program over three years. So it's a two-year diploma in clay, but I did it over three years. Um, 
and I, I worked and I went to school and my kids at the time were just at the age where they could like totally take care of themselves. They were 12 and 10, I think when I started school and my husband became like Mr. Mom and <laughs> did everything because I was literally never home. Um, yeah. And they were amazing. They were absolutely amazing. They were super supportive. Um, yeah. And I ended up graduating from there in, um, I want to say 2014, 2015. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Um, so yeah, like that's where my pottery kind of took off and I had some amazing supportive instructors while I was there that just really made me believe in myself. Yeah. I think I was at a point in my life where I had worked, you know, 20 years at the same job and I was the mom of, of two kids and I was Roger's wife, but I didn't really know who Bronwyn was anymore. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I was able to kind of find myself. I, I remember you know, making all sorts of new artist friends. And I just felt like I really, I belonged. Yeah. You found your place. I found my place after like so many years of feeling like, um, a little bit like an imposter sometimes. Yeah. Um, And trying to fit into, you know, what I thought my life was supposed to be like. And, uh, yeah, I just finally felt like in that moment that I had found, who I was. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was amazing. And it's not like, I I know exactly what you mean about the kind of like supposed to, right. You know, that's all we kind of think about when we're growing up and it's like, okay, we're going to have a job and we're going to make good money and we're going to have a family and we're going to have, you know, all of these things. And then you get all those things and you're like, Hmm. Yeah. Something's still kind of missing and I'm not yeah. even sure. I can't even put my finger on it. So yeah. that's so amazing that you actually, you know, you got your finger on it. Yeah, I had I really had no idea. I knew at that point in my life when I when I took the leap to go to art school that I needed to change something drastically in my life. Um I just wasn't like I wasn't feeling um on top of my game anymore like I I I think I just was feeling, you know, like really tapped out as a mom. And um, I had, like I said, I had been in the same job for a really long time. So it was like, either I need to find a different job or I need to, I need to do something like for me. Yeah. Um, Find some inspiration somewhere. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And so when I started, you know, like when Lisa started to tell me, you know, like, this is really good. And this is so lovely. And this is so sweet. It was like, it was building up this confidence in me that I hadn't felt in a really long time. Um, Mm -hmm. Probably before I had kids, really. Um, You know, I felt like I knew who I was before I had kids. And then I had them. And it was like, all of your energy and all of your time and everything goes to them. And so you just, you lose yourself and that's okay. I mean, I wasn't unhappy during that time at all. I was super happy being a mom and um, wouldn't change any of it for the world. But uh, yeah, you kind of get to the end where they start to become like more independent and you're like, Hey, what about me? Like, what's my job now? Yeah. You have the space to actually think about it now. Yeah. Room to breathe. Yeah. And so that's when it kind of hit me like, whoa, um, hey, wait a second. 
I'm the mom. Like that's my, that's been my job for like the last 12 years, like really heavily now what, you know? So yeah, yeah, it came at, it just came at the perfect time. Um, and I, you know, I ended up during that time or shortly thereafter, shortly after graduating, um, from KSA, uh, started working with a life coach, um, Kate Bayo in town and man, she has like, I've been working with her since then. So probably for like six years now. And she has helped transform my life in such an amazing way. Um, she's helped me to see all of the things that I haven't seen in myself and find kind of like this path forward all the time when I feel like I'm taking 10 steps forward and 50 steps backwards she's there Mm -hmm. to kind of like remind me how far I've come from that point and what I was able to accomplish um and like I've just I've found that so so valuable in my um in my art and like exploring creativity and all of that stuff she's been like monumental in that I I wouldn't I wouldn't be where I am today I don't think without her help her coach wow yeah that's an amazing endorsement I I don't really know all that much about life coaching or mentorships like I I you know I know Amanda who um you just worked with uh, did some brand photography with yeah she's amazing and she worked with a mentor and she was telling me that was the most amazing experience but I don't really understand exactly what's involved you know people are like they changed my life and this and that you're like but what is involved with it like so what exactly did you do together I didn't either I had no idea so um Kate was a former co-worker and when she was starting out on her coaching journey she had to do um a certain amount of hours to get certified and so she put out the call to friends basically um is anyone interested in doing trades for coaching and I was like, well, if you like pottery, like, you know, let's do some trades. And uh, so she was all about that. She's like, yeah, let's get together. And I, and my first thing was. Oh, you're frozen. You're frozen. I hope you know you're frozen. <laughs> you're not still, still going. Still frozen, still frozen. Come on there. Damn, we were just getting into the good stuff too. Damn, refresh, Zoom, refresh. Refresh, refresh, refresh. Oh, are you gone? Oh, Bronwyn's gone. Okay, hold on. Let's just pause. Play. Okay. Okay. So yeah, you were explaining to me about. Sorry, we got booted off there for a second. Good old Zoom. Um, you explained to me your your um experience with your friend who's a life coach. Yeah. So she, um, she reached out to me, and I wasn't sure. Like I, it was kind of like a new thing, and I'd heard lots about it. Um, and I'm really about like, especially since I started on this pottery journey, I'm really about like self-exploration and like all of that kind of stuff. And so, 
um, we met and we had coffee and she explained to me that um, the first thing she said, which hooked me was life coaching is not about giving advice. And I was like, you got me like, because I have had all the advice I can take throughout my life. And that's <laughs> why I didn't, you know, didn't do a lot of things because, you know, like you said, we grow up and, um, and people tell us, you know, their ideas of things and we listen to it. And so, um, I was like, okay, I don't need any more advice. And so you got me, what else are you going to do? And she said to me, um, that life coaching is like, you're going on a trip to say Vancouver. And as a life coach, I'm up in this like traffic control helicopter above you. And I can see as you're driving all of the different roadblocks that you might run into. And I'm going to be able to help you get around those roadblocks to get to your final destination of being in Vancouver. And I was like, that is so what I need. Like, I need someone to like be up there watching me and trying to help me and coach me to get around these things that I feel like are stopping me from doing all of these things in my life that I really am interested in doing, but I'm a little bit too scared to do, or, you know, I don't have enough information or somebody's given me the advice that like they tried that once and it didn't work. Um, and so I was like, let's do it. And, uh, you know, we, we started out with like coaching sessions almost once a week for probably at least a year or two. Like it was, it was every week or once every couple of weeks, once a month. Um, and in that whole coaching thing, you know, like we would talk about like what, what I want to do and and how I can um, potentially, like my, my goal was to be doing pottery more. My five-year goal was to be doing pottery more than working at the pool. Yeah. Um, that was my goal because I knew that I, that's what I really love to do. That's what I was super passionate about, but I couldn't figure out how to do it. Um, and in that, you know, I, I met my goal over and over again, I guess, in a sense, because I was doing pottery 80 hours a week, but I was still working 40 hours a week at the pool. So I mean, that's <laughs> in a, a roundabout really, way, <laughs> right? So be careful what you wish for or set your goals on because what you focus on and what you like really manifest and, and stuff, it will happen, but you have to be really clear on what that <laughs> means. Um, because I was working a ton, like, you know, I had two full-time jobs at that point. Um, and then on top of that, I decided, um, I had, I had fallen in love with, um, the store Tara Davis on Baker street. It was just like my all-time favorite store. I went there and I bought things and I had always envisioned my work being in the front, um, window of that store. That was just where my work belonged. It was who I wanted to sell to. It was just, and um, Tara had reached out to me and asked if she could have my work in there. And so my work was in the store and I was just loving it. it, was selling really well in there. It fit in perfectly. And she decided that um, she was gonna make a move back to Winnipeg. She's got a store there as well. And that she was gonna sell the store, the shop on Baker Street. And I was like, oh my goodness. And she called me right away. 
And she was like, Hey, do you have any interest in owning a store? And I was like, uh, I don't think so, but let's, <laughs> let's meet. Um, and so, you know, I went up there and she took me through everything and took me through all the numbers. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Like an hour ago, I didn't think I ever wanted to own a store, but now I'm starting to think like, Oh, this could be okay. And uh, my brother's a, a financial advisor. And so I took all of the numbers and I phoned him and I'm like, Carrie, I'm coming to your house. Like, we need to talk about this right now. Like, and, and he was like, what? And so he went through all the numbers and, you know, like, what are the, the positives and the negatives? What could you lose? What could you gain? You know, like all that stuff. Um, and within, I want to say it was like three days, probably I was a store owner and I opened up, um, the former Tara Davis boutique became the heart gallery. And, um, so I owned that for a couple of years and still wow. did my, still did my full-time job, still, <laughs> still made pottery because I needed to fill the store with, with my pots, like, hello, perfect opportunity to sell my work. But it was like my work that I didn't have time for anymore. Because yeah. I was running a store and I was still working. And it was during the time when the pool was shut down for renovations. Um, but during that time, I became the aquatic programmer. So I had, uh, I had gone from the head lifeguard when I was in school to a newer position, aquatic programmer, which then supervises all the lifeguards. And, and so I wasn't out of work when the pool was closed. I was still doing all sorts of work and trying to like figure out what new programs we were going to offer and how we were going to do all this stuff in this brand new facility. And I had kind of thought maybe I would get laid off during that time. And so I was like, oh, I'll have a store, you know, it'll keep me busy, <laughs> but that didn't happen. And so I had to then like figure out how to manage all of these parts of my life um, plus being a mom and a wife plus, yeah plus being a mom I mean by that time my kids were my daughter was old enough to work in the store so she must have been 15 I think she was 15 so she was very helpful um but yeah I mean on my days off from work I was at the store um and then when did I when was I going to do pottery like yeah. You know, I was in my studio till three in the morning sometimes because I was like, oh, there's none of my work on the shelves in my store. <laughs> yeah, it was that bad. Yeah. That's a lot um, of pressure, though. It was a lot of pressure. And so after about two years of doing that, I was like, I can't do this anymore. And um, I let the store go and moved back into full time um, work and full time full-time pottery. And because I was just, I was missing that part. I was like, okay, the store didn't fulfill that part that I thought it would for me. Yeah. Um, I didn't get to do my work anymore. In fact, I got to do it less. And so I realized pretty quickly that that wasn't the right step. And I was like, okay, I'm out. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and I'm, and I moved on. And so, um, Which I can think be hard to do. It was really hard to do. It was very hard to do. It was, um, a little depressing because it felt like a defeat for me. Um, it felt like kind of like, oh, I took this leap and it didn't work. And so there was, you know, there was some mixed emotions for sure on that. There was a lot of relief because I felt yeah. like I was just keeping my head above water a lot of the time. Um, so it didn't feel good. It felt great when it started. And then towards the end, it was just like, oh, I am so overwhelmed. I'm so in over my head. 
It's um, not what you thought it was going to be. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Um, and that yeah, could be a hard pill to swallow. It was too much. It was very hard to swallow. I think it kind of knocked me back. Um, it knocked me back quite a bit. And I felt, I felt pretty defeated. And I felt like um, I needed to take a break from pottery. I didn't make a lot of work during that time. I just needed to like chill, you know, yeah. the pool reopened during that time. So I was super busy with work, working, you know, a lot of overtime and stuff to get the pool back up and running. And, um, I felt like the pottery just kind of took, took a, a seat for a while. And we had to regroup um, after something like that. I did. I did. I was, uh, I needed to regroup. I didn't feel super inspired or very creative. Um, and yeah, I was, I really felt like I was, um, a little bit lost again. I didn't really know who I was then as an artist either. It was like, okay, you know, what direction do I want to go in now? Um, because my work wasn't in, I had pulled my work from other shops to sell it in my own store. And so it was like, I don't even have my work out there anymore, really. Um, so that was, that was a weird transition. And I think during that time I was, starting to take on more commissions. Um, I had started making cups and mugs for whitewater, which I really loved to do. Um, and I'd been approached by a couple of other, um, ski touring companies in BC to make some special mugs for them. And so then I started to kind of like look into that a little bit more because I can, um, the work that I produce, um, I take, a lot of photographs and I can take those images and I can make decals, special decals that I have a printer for and put those on my cups. And so I kind of found this niche where um, I could take personal photos or personal artwork from people and put it onto my work. And so people were starting to kind of like the word was getting out that that was something that I offered. And so then I started to get, you know, these people that were like, Hey, can you take this picture of these four guys that came skiing from, you know, Austria last year and put it on a mug. So when they come this year, I can have it in their room for them as a gift. And it was like, Oh yeah, I can totally do that. And I would love to do that. And so that started kind of rolling out on the side. And I was like, really loving that work. And so that find your niche. Yeah. So that kind of like ignited this, this other part of me, like, okay, maybe I need to focus on my work more like that's, um, and so I kind of started to do that, but I was also following these, um, these two artists, my whole kind of journey. And, um, I remember, you know, getting this email and it was like, Jason Baige Burnett and, um, and Sunshine Cobb are going to do a collaboration workshop in Montana at the Archie Bray for two weeks in the summer. And I was just like, that's so close to me. Like the Archie Bray is like in Montana, it's like six hours away. It's an amazing school with amazing ceramic artists. Um, and these two were like gods to me. I was like, I had <laughs> seen their work only online and at some conferences that I had gone to. And I was just like, I was shocked. I was just like, this can't be happening. 
Like nobody <laughs> your ever dream gets, conference. Right. No one ever gets together and does a workshop with another artist. Like this was just like, what? And so I remember like looking at when the, the um, registration would open and I knew it was going to fill up like super fast. And so I set my alarm for like Montana times, like an hour ahead. So I was up at like 6am or 5am. I mean, it was ridiculous, whatever it was um, way earlier than I normally get up. And so I, yeah. And so I set my alarm and uh, I went online right away and I registered. And by the time I had finished the registration, there were already like 12 spots filled out of 15 or whatever it was like it went fast um, within minutes. And so I was like on cloud nine. I was just like, I get to spend two weeks. I had I'd never been away from my kids for that long. And at this point they were like 18, like they were (laughs) like they're adults. And so I'm like, oh my God, you know, that kind of thing went through my head. Like, what do I do two weeks in Montana by myself? Like, oh my goodness, what did I just do? So I kind of, you know, like you do something and then you're like, oh God, what? And so I went back and forth and then I was like, um, so excited about this opportunity and so nervous because I had never, you know, been away from my family for that long. It's really Um, putting yourself out there and taking, investing back into yourself in a big way. Yeah. And and then of course, like you get these thoughts going through your head, like I'm just from Nelson, like this tiny little town. I graduated from this little tiny school. Like, am I good enough to go and spend two weeks at this like amazing school with these ridiculously talented artists Um, and so I like put my bike in the back of my car and I loaded up and I went to Montana for two weeks. And when I got there and I started talking to like sunshine and Jason sunshine is a really good friend of Robin DuPont, who is a, um, a ceramic artist out in the Valley. And so there was like a connection there. Yeah. Yeah. I know her work. Yeah. Yeah. And so there was this connection and I was like, okay, so like Sunshine's even been to Nelson and like knows the area. And so then I was like, okay, I'm relaxed. But I had shown up at this two week workshop with like all my stuff for for my wheel and like throwing pots. And I thought like, we're going to be throwing, which is my comfort zone. Like I love throwing on the wheel. That's like, it's super easy for me. Like I just get in the zone. It's almost like I actually thought about doing like a blindfolded video because I was like, oh, yeah? I wonder if I can do that like that. I just feel like I'm in the zone and like, I'm going to try it because I think I could do it. Like, it's just so connected to, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but maybe I'll try to do a video. Um, I, um, I, that's so cool that you, that you're talking about that though, because I, when I went to school, I did the jewelry program, but yeah. when you're, you, I, as you know, they expect you to take some like prerequisite courses of trying right. out all the other mediums right. before you decide for sure. Yeah. yeah. And so I tried pottery and for the life of me, I, that is what I'm, you're talking, what you're talking about is the Center thing it? I could not yeah. achieve. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. wheel, it's like, I can't make it work. Metal's my thing though. So there you go. Right. But- we all like, that's the great thing about all of these different mediums 
is, you know, you try them out and you are going to find one that fits. And that's what I, you know, like, that's what I tell people I've started teaching. And, um, and that's what I tell them is like, you may get people throughout your life that say you're not an artist and you can't do that. And I remember telling my, my, um, art school teacher, Gary Graham, that, you know, I'm not an artist. I can't draw because we had drawing classes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like the bane of my existence. Like I, because I really can't draw like full transparency. I cannot draw, like I can draw stick figures. I can lightly now like map out like maybe what I want to do, but yeah. more I just do it. And I remember saying to him, like, I'm not an artist. And he like made me turn around and look at my work. I'm going to get emotional maybe about this, but he made me like turn around on my stool in my little cubicle at school and look at my work. And he's like, you are an amazing artist. Like you're an amazing artist. You just didn't know what your medium was. And like, you found it and now look at what you can do. And I was just like, oh, like my heart was just so full at that moment. It was just like, I think in that moment, I felt like I need to be able to do this for other people. And yeah. I, I didn't know that, like at the time I, I didn't, like it wasn't um, conscious, I don't think, but unconsciously, I think in that moment, I felt like this is something, what he just did for me is something that I need to be able to do for other people. Like that was just an amazing turning point for me, um, to have that like recognition, I guess, um, just, it meant so much. Um, but like back to my story about the, (laughs) I distracted you. That's okay. Um, I showed up at this workshop in Montana thinking I was gonna, you know, throw pots and have them to decorate because, um, the workshop. So the workshop was Jason Baj Burnett is an amazing surface design artist. So he, he makes all of these, um, these, um, oh man, I'm totally blanking screen. We can edit it out. (laughs) Okay. He does screen print on clay. So he, yeah. So he makes these amazing screens, which he screens onto, um, onto paper and then he transfers the images onto clay and his work is phenomenal. And I went into this thinking like, okay, I need to make pots quickly in this two weeks so that I can really learn this technique of transferring the images onto the clay. And so for me, throwing it on the wheel is like the easiest, fastest thing for me. So I show up at this workshop with all my stuff for throwing and I walk into the class and they're like, oh, you have a locker here, you can put your stuff in. And everyone else, like nobody else has anything. They've got like their little tools and they're sitting at the table and they've got like little, you know, um, toolboxes with tools in them and stuff like that. But nobody's putting like, you know, bats or like things for throwing into the thing. And I was like, holy crap, I'm like not in my element. Like what? <laughs> and they're like, they're like, well, there's, and I looked and there was no wheels and it was just tables. And I'm like, where am I? What am I doing? <laughs> like, I am totally a fish out of water right now. And I was like, holy crap, I, I signed up for the wrong thing. Like I'm out. I, and um, so I, t- I 
during one of the breaks, I like sheepishly took all of my stuff, like back out to my car, put it in my <laughs> car and I was like, I didn't bring the stuff for throwing on the wheel. Like I know what we're doing. And, um, and we were doing all hand building, like at the table, because Sunshine Cobb like does a, all of her work. Well, not all of it. She does throwing, but a lot of it is hand built stuff, which I know, but I didn't connect somehow. Yeah. Um, and so like, and we did hand building in school, um, but we didn't focus on that. We, we, there really was a focus on the wheel. And so I enjoyed the hand building while, while I was at school, but I wasn't proficient at it and it wasn't my strong suit and it wasn't something I felt super comfortable with. Um, and so it totally pushed me in a whole new direction. And I got out of there after that two weeks and I was like on fire. I was just like, I loved it. I came home. I talked to my dad, who's a woodworker. I said, we need to build some tables, like help me build some tables. We built two huge, like eight foot by four foot tables in my basement. We knocked out a wall. We like <laughs> built a studio because I was wow. like this two things I realized I loved hand building. And so I needed a space to do it where I could like build things and have them sitting out on tables and drying. And I needed space. Um, up until that point, I had my little wheel in a corner of my basement. It was not a studio. I had some shelves, but the other thing that I realized while I was there for two weeks was I needed to be around people. And that was something that I missed the most about being at art school was that you had the connection with other people and you had other people to like talk to and give you crits, even though it was like, you didn't like the, like them half the time. And you were like, I love that pot. How can you not like it? You know, like, um, but I miss that. Like, I miss that terribly about having people to say, Hey, you know, if you did this, that would just like make it that much more amazing. Um, just and some just input and conversation yeah. and community around what you were doing yeah yeah and, and it just gets your creative juices flowing when you can see what other people are doing you're like oh I never thought about that I'm gonna try that you yeah. know or it just yeah I mean like it just upped the creativity level like a thousand percent going away for those two weeks it just like it inspired me so much and like, I cannot get enough of being in my studio. That's when I started calling it like my studio, I think. Um, <laughs> it's official. Yeah. Like I couldn't get enough of it. I was in there until like three in the morning, I would wake up and I'd go straight down because it's in my basement of my house. Um, and I would go straight down there and I would uncover whatever I was working on the night before. And I would continue working on that. And like, it just it inspired me so much. And so it was that, that your passion. Oh, it like in a whole new way, because yeah. I, after getting out of art school, I thought I'm a thrower. Like, that's what I do. I can throw stuff on the wheel. Like that's where I'm going to, that's where I'm, I'm going to stay in my comfort zone. Like don't, yeah. you know, and, um, this just pushed me and it was so amazing to have that two weeks. Like I just got totally into it. I think I talked to my family like maybe twice the whole time I was gone. <laughs> it was like, I was so worried about the, like missing them. I missed my daughter's birthday, which I've never done like ever. And 
I, yeah, I think she turned 18 while I was there. Um, and I think that was one of the phone calls was, was on her birthday, but yeah, I, I mean, it just inspired me so much. And so I came back and like I said, I built this studio and I put out the call to people to start, I was going to start teaching classes. And, um, you know, I grew up at the swimming pool basically, and I had always taught swimming lessons. Um, I am a first aid instructor, so I'm super comfortable, like in front of people teaching things that I'm passionate about. I'm very passionate about water safety and first aid as well. And so that was really easy for me. And when I started teaching clay classes, it was like, I found my, my ultimate home. It was just like, I feel so comfortable in front of people teaching them this and being able to share with them exactly what I was talking about. My other teacher saying, you know, like you can be an artist, you are an artist because one of the first things that people say to me when they come in, and I think it's just ingrained in us is to say like, I'm no good at this. You know, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I've never done this before. Just, just so that they like, you know, set the bar low. We've always been taught to kind of like set the bar low so that we will. Well, yeah. Right. So we won't be yeah. just, and just like letting the fear of things sort of take over into our explaining, like, okay, well, if I just put that all out there right now, then my worst fear isn't going to be realized, which is like disappointing the teacher or like disappointing myself. Cause like, I'm expecting nothing. Exactly. <laughs> right? It's safe to do that. Exactly. And you yeah. like the amount of people that come into my studio and that's the first thing they say to me is just like insane. Like, and I'll, I, I say that to people too. Like, you know, that is what I hear. It's very common for people to come in here and say that they've never had experience or that their only experience is like kindergarten or grade one making, you know, like a pinch pot or something like that, or they did it in high school. Um, the coil pot. We all did the yeah, coil pot. Right. <laughs> right yeah and so like most people that's their level of experience and like that's totally fine you like with my classes you don't have to come in there and be an expert but if you are great you'll fit in and if you're not great you'll fit in like you yeah. don't have to have a certain level to be able to come in and just have fun creating and building something with clay and yeah. you know clay is very forgiving um every little mark you make on it, once you glaze it is absolutely phenomenal and beautiful. So even, you know, like the little fingernail marks that I have women come in that are like, oh, I just spent an hour creating that. And now I have this fingernail gouge. And I'm like, that is going to be so beautiful when it's got glaze on it. It's just going to look like you either one, you won't notice it or you will. And it'll be amazing because it'll Part be a it. spot where the glaze like picks up, you know, whatever. And they're, they're amazed when they get their pots back. They're just like, I made this, you know, like I, I made this. Wow. Um, so I just like, I'm so inspired by being able to kind of like facilitate that for people by inspiring others. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I guess. I mean, I, I think it was Amanda when I started working with her, um, to kind of start my brand, uh, photo shoot when I was talking to her, that was what she wrote down. And I was just like, oh yeah, I guess like 
I never really did that self-reflection um, before that. And I was like, yeah, inspiring others to be inspired and creative. And, yeah. you know, like, I think that's been my whole journey through clay. I've had these amazing instructors and these amazing mentors that have done that for me. And mm -hmm. subconsciously I've picked up on that and, you know, I've turned that into being able to give that back to other people. And it's such a, um, a rewarding, good feeling, you know, like it just makes me want to do it more. It's like a really healthy addiction. You know? <laughs> like, there aren't yeah. a lot of them out there, but this one's a good one for sure. Well, but, yeah. And clay is such a different thing. Like I, you know, it's really common for people to feel like they're not artistic because often the place people start is drawing. Yeah. And if you're not good at drawing, sometimes people just don't go and even explore anything else. They're just like, nope, I can't draw. I can't paint. I'm done. I'm not an artist. Whereas, yeah. you know, once you've gone to school or even just explored some more, you realize that every single medium is completely different. And yeah. just because you can draw, doesn't mean you can do pottery because I can draw and yeah. I can't do pottery, <laughs> but, right? you know, but just because you can't draw doesn't mean you can't do pottery or sculpting or uh, any number of other things. And so helping people realize that must feel so great. It feels amazing. And I think it was, um, working with Kate and she, she does a lot of, um, she is trained in Brene Brown's work. And so I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she talks about art. Who scars. isn't? Who isn't? Who right? isn't familiar with Brene Brown? Yeah. Um, but she talks about like art scars, like these very deeply seated um, scars that we get when we're like, when we're children and, you know, um, when we're really young, you know, a blue horse with pink polka dots is like completely fine. And, oh, look at my, my horse. Oh, that's a lovely horse. And then, you know, you get into grade four and you draw the same horse with pink polka dots. And all of a sudden people are like, that's not a horse. Like, what are you trying to draw? Like that's, or the, the art teacher is like, I told you to draw this and that doesn't look like this. And so at that point we just shut down and it's like, I don't ever want to draw a horse again, you know? Yeah. And um, and so even like Kate, my life coach talks about like having that kind of like art scar when she was younger and not wanting to like, it took me a really long time to get her in my studio. Let me tell you. And, uh, when I finally did, because she was doing, um, some work, <coughs> with a group of women who were going through this Brene uh, Brown program with her. And at one point during the program, there's, uh, um, there's a, a point where they do some art together and they like kind of do, it's like an art therapy kind of project, um, where they kind of, um, portray their feelings with art. Um, and so they had, you know, they came into the studio and they were just given, she gave them all a lump of clay and she said, you know, make, make this. And they all kind of just sculpted out of this clay, like their feelings at that time. And, and, um, and then they were able to like smash it afterwards and like get rid of it. And it was like, it was so powerful me for me. She led it. I had nothing to do with it. I mean, I was there and I gave her the clay, but 
just being able to like watch them work through that it was just like whoa this is huge like and then afterwards they all made mugs and they were able to like um stamp in it you know different words that had meaning to them um and create these mugs that they could use every day that would remind them you know like of their values or or whatever it is that they they stamped into them um and it was just such like a powerful exercise and i think during that moment even though she was the instructor of it she was able to work through those things that yeah. she had like really deep where she was like i don't want to do and she's come back like a couple times since then and um done some classes and she's just like wow this was you know um just being able to experience a positive um or have a positive association with art yeah it just like it helps so many people it's it, art is just so powerful um, it's, um it is and it's crazy you know like just listening to you talk about like the art scars and stuff and you know I did go on to go to art school and I did do all of those things but I had a really strong artistic background to draw from before I even had gotten to high school my mom's an artist you know my, like there's a lot of artistic creativity going on in my family but believe it or not I dropped out of high school art class because I had a teacher who was awful and yeah. just stifling and all kinds of things and he actually at one point ripped up a piece of art that I had done because it didn't follow the guidelines of the assignment because right. I had gone off on some artistic tangent yeah. that was not what they expected yeah. and so you're actually now I'm I don't know but are a lot of your students um adults yeah um the majority so you're helping them, them heal those kinds yeah. of things yeah, yeah. The majority of them are adults uh the majority of them are coming you know with a I was doing a lot of like um ladies nights or or birthday parties or um I did one like a a group of women who are um they call I think it's the full moon circle or something like that and they came and did a thing but like I I also do like class like weekly classes or I was pre-covid um yeah but a lot of adults I did do some kids classes and kids are like they could care less they just go for it like they do not, <laughs> they're not scarred yet <laughs> no they're not scarred yet or if they have been it's something that they can just play with right yeah but the adults like it's amazing how many of them the ones that don't kind of have the scars and they they you know they feel comfortable in their like creativity and their and their artistry i guess um, will come in and they'll just go like full bore and like start decorating things and like making things. And, and then you can really see clearly the ones who are afraid and they, they really take their time. They don't want to make that first mark on the clay because it's almost like it's a, a piece of paper to them or it's a canvas and it is, um, but that that's how they're envisioning it. So you know, they're very careful and meticulous in how they're like stamping the clay or marking the clay. But once they start doing it, by the end of the class, it is covered. And these people are like the ones that come in and say, is it okay if I just don't really make any marks on the outside of my mug? Like, I just want it to be plain and like not really have any 
any lines in it or like, I just want the glaze. And I'm like, yeah, totally, totally up to you. And then I walk around and I'm looking and like, by the end, it's like completely covered. <laughs> they just like, they lose themselves in it, which is exactly what I want them to do. Like yeah. just have fun. There's no pressure. Um, there's no competition, you know, cause there are, there absolutely are those adults that come in and they're looking at like what everybody else is doing. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can tell like, they don't want to take that first step, but then when they see everybody else just chatting and, you know, having a glass of wine or whatever and creating, they're like, Oh, this is a safe space. Like I can do that too. It takes a little while sometimes, but yeah, by the end, like, you know, the amount of phone calls I'll get or emails or messages, like thanking me or signing up for another class because they're like, that was amazing. You know, I'm like, that's what I want to happen. That's what happened to me. And that's what I want to happen with my students too, is like, I want you to get like that excited about clay or whatever it is you want to get excited about. But if I can help like kickstart that for you, then I feel like I, you know, I'm winning. Like, yeah. You know, well, and in this really cool way, you're, you know, they may not even realize it. And I mean, it sounds like you are now, but maybe even in the beginning, you didn't realize it, but you're like, you're helping people overcome a fear, a fear that like, as an adult, our fears are really funny because we are, we have the power to compartmentalize them and not address them if we really don't want to, because we make our own choices a lot of the time. And, you know, some fears you're forced to face because you just can't live your life without dealing with it. But something like the art, that's something that people could go and avoid easily and so these people are choosing to kind of you know dive in and confront that and overcome it and you you get to watch that entire process so that's really cool it is so cool it is so fulfilling um it is just it's absolutely amazing and I'm so glad that you know I took that leap to open up my studio that's probably been the hardest part of COVID is um being alone again yeah (laughs) but it has provided me the opportunity to like slow down, look at how I want to present my business. Um, it's given me the opportunity to kind of like look at all of my social media because that's the way we're doing things now. Yeah. Um, and really like start caring about that kind of stuff and getting it to the point where it's cohesive and it actually portrays what I want it to portray and not yeah. just like, a snapshot from my iPhone of like my dirty studio with, you know, (laughs) um, I mean, those, those things are great because people want to know who you are and that's who I am. Like, you know, that's me. I'm muddy in the studio. Like that's just, that's, that's it. Um, but you know, I also have an audience of people that I want to be coming and, and purchasing my work as well and trying to like marry those two things Um, I haven't put thought into that before COVID. Yeah. And, and because I couldn't teach during COVID, um, I did do a couple of online, um, teachings, which were super fun. Um, and I'm going to move into that more. Um, but because I wasn't teaching, I was able to really hone in on my own work, um, and really like, look at, um, simplifying my stuff, my, my own body of work, 
so that I wasn't like producing all these different glazes and all these different things. And it was really kind of like disconnected. And so I've been able to like rein that in um, and produce something that is easy, easy for me to manage, I guess, um, with other work because I am still working in other jobs. And so <laughs> I've, yeah, I've been able to like really put thought into that, which I've really appreciated, um, you know, being home so much. Yeah. And so, so thankful that my studio is in my home. So I haven't, you know, been, um, isolated from that. Like some artists have not being able to go to their studio or, and not so much like where we are in BC, but, you know, looking at in the States or those kind of places, like I have a lot of artists that I follow that couldn't go to their studio. Like they were allowed to leave their homes. And so I'm so thankful that I have that and that I've had that during COVID because I think it's kept me sane. Um, (laughs) I'm sure to be able to like have that outlet, that art and that creativity. I can't imagine people that don't have that. Um, I see people that don't have that and they're having a really hard time with COVID because they don't have like another outlet to be able to express themselves, you know? Um, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think like as artists, we're super lucky in that, in that respect, for sure. Yeah. And I I mean, I just, I admire like just this, you're telling me your whole journey and everything. And, and it's just amazing to hear how you've taken it from, you know, thinking like, oh, this is just going to be my hobby to now, now you're teaching and you're, you're, you're inspiring other people to do that kind of stuff. And, um, and you know, COVID's made a lot of that harder because I used to be a part of this women's kind of, um, co-working group and we did lots of things together and we did lots of workshops and like that's closed its doors since COVID as well. And so, I mean, like this podcast has been an outlet and, and it helps keep me inspired and listening to people like you and listening to how your journey's gone. It's, it's so awesome and it's really inspiring. So, you know, you're still doing it, even though you're not teaching classes with your online presence. Yeah. Yeah. We've all kind of had to like pivot and reinvent ourselves a little. Um, but definitely like with the art, having that outlet provides so many other opportunities, I guess. Right. Yeah. And I, I never would have taken the time to like connect to Amanda and get like professional photos. Like it's things that I've wanted to do for a really long time, but have never had the time to do it. And because I'm like stuck at home, um, I have, I'm looking on social media more. I'm just, you know, like I'm more connected, I guess, in that way. And so, you know, I'm, I'm always trying to like find the silver lining and things, but yeah, I I never thought I never in a million years, um, would have thought that I would be teaching because I also like, I never thought, well, I'm not good enough. I don't have, you know, a bachelor's in this. And I don't, I didn't go to, um, I didn't go and do a, a fellowship. Like I, I don't have all of that other stuff. Like you look at these, these artists that you look up to and they've got like all these different things and they spent like three years at this school under this person. And, you know, and then you look at yourself and you're like, oh, I went to Kootenai school of the arts and I, you know, and, but, <laughs> but when you put yourself out there, people know who Kootenai School of the Arts is. Like it's a well 
you know, they know the artists that are coming out of there. And there's some amazing artists that have come out of our school. And like, I don't put myself up there with them at all um, in any way whatsoever. And I think that's where I kind of like talked myself out of doing a lot of the stuff because I was like, I'm not at that level, right? Oh yeah. I'm not yeah. at that level, but I can provide a service on a basic level. Like I'm not teaching like high end, like, you know, I'm not teaching you how to do like a, a sculpture that we'd see at Lakeside Park or, you know, like a, <laughs> that's just not what I, we're making mugs. We're like, we're making vases. We're making birdhouses. Like it's, it's fun. It's creative. It's, you know, basic level. And then you can take it as far as you want to. It's really like a jumping off point for people. And it's an opportunity, like I do studio drop-in time too. So for those people that have come out of art school and they don't have a space, they can come in and, you know, work in my space. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. Because that was my biggest obstacle coming out of school was like, okay, uh, now what? I can't put a torch, a giant torch in a, you know, 200 square foot apartment. Exactly. (laughs) So I didn't even realize you offered that. That's amazing. Yeah. So I do like drop in studio time and like I fire people's work and they can bring their own glazes. And yeah, I mean, I just want to provide that space for people because I had the same thing. Like, I mean, I had my basement and I own my house so I can kind of do whatever I want if I want to knock out a wall. But a lot of people are renting and they've got tiny little spaces. Like, where are you going to set up a wheel and a kiln? Like you can't. Um, and so, I mean, of course I'm going to, if I can share that with people, totally. Cause I didn't have that when I started out and, uh, I ended up, I went to, um, earth studios and I rented space from Diane at earth studios while I was kind of in between. And that was amazing. But, um, yeah, yeah, I think if we can all kind of work together instead of working against each other and trying to compete with one another, I found like when I first got out of art school, there was a lot of competition. Um, And I I don't know if it's just that I've matured and I've gotten, I mean, I went in as a mature student, but I feel like I have grown, you know, um, and I'm less thinking competitively and thinking more collaboratively, I guess, um, in my older age. Um, It is something that comes with time because I did notice that in, in my twenties, this mentality, and it was work, it was hobby, like school, it was men sometimes, like it was all, there was just this kind of like undercurrent of like, we are competing for that dream life that we think we're going to get if we achieve these things. And then now in my, you know, mid thirties, I'm kind of like, you know, and also connecting with lovely women like you and Amanda and just creating yeah. this network of people it's like you can step outside of that and you're like there is enough pie there's enough there pie totally is and there's so many people in the world you're not going to be everybody's like person and that's okay and actually trying to be everybody's person is detrimental Absolutely. <laughs> to you know your business yeah. and your life yeah. yeah yeah and I you know I realized that over the last few years that because I was trying to Um, I remember in art school, one of the teachers saying like, well, you might have to make traditional pottery and what you're doing. Like you might have to do that. So you're hitting both, both demographic, 
both demographics of people and you're making something for this audience and you're making something for that audience. And I was so confused when I got out because I was like, but I really love this body of work and I really love where this is going. And I don't want to make traditional pottery, like wood fire. Like it's not my jam. Like I'm not, I, I love it and I can appreciate it when other people make it. Absolutely. And some of my absolutely most favorite potters are doing traditional pottery that is absolutely gorgeous, but it's not what I love to do. And Mm -hmm. that's okay. Like it doesn't make me any less of a potter, but there is that, um, there, there is that kind of undercurrent, like even in art school of like, if you're not doing it this way, if you're not wood firing and you're not, um, you've got too much color or you've, you're doing this, that you're not doing it in the true sense of, of making pottery. Yeah. Well, and the thing that people are coming to realize too now with social media and so much being able to be done online um, and everybody's stuff being out there, everyone's bombarded. And this was not even true 10 years ago, right? Like this has changed just in the 10 years. And so you know, everybody now has to be a marketer and an artist and a businesswoman and a this and a that. You have to wear all the hats. Yeah. And so, you know, in school, when I took art school, we talked a little bit about marketing and we talked a little bit, like, as you're saying about like niching and this, that, and the other, but like not in that conversation. Exactly. Yeah. And it was not enough. And now, you know, as, as I, because that's something that I've really sunk my teeth into in the last couple of years, especially since COVID started was like the business piece of it and the marketing piece of stuff. And, um, and you realize like, no, you, it may take a little longer to fight for your people to find you, but you're going to be more successful if those people find you and it's easier for them to find you if you're hitting that niche that they're, that they're looking for. Yeah. So it's, yeah. you know, it's actually the opposite of what they were doing a hundred percent, hundred percent. And I'm so grateful for all of these like young women. Cause I, like, I, I mean, I just turned 47 on Sunday, uh, transparency. Um, Happy birthday. thank you. But I'm, fe- I, you know, I don't feel old, but I feel like there's all these like young women who are on top of the marketing game. And they are so willing to share the information. And I'm so grateful for that. Like, and you know, the funny thing is I've made all of these connections with a lot of them through teaching them. Like, you know, I, I'm so stoked to see that Lindsay's doing top knot. Like she came in and did a pottery class with me two years ago with her sister. And I got to know them and like, and so when I see her like jumping out and doing something new and exciting. I'm so excited for her, but I'm also, I've got that connection with her. And so then I can follow her and then I can, and in following her, I see this person's doing this and I'm like, Oh, I got to get connected with that person. And like, there's just, and they're so willing to not look at like my age or any of that kind of stuff. And it's not something I'm used to. Like this, (laughs) it's new for me. Like that age thing was a real barrier 10 years ago. Like, you know, we, we you know, we were adult students and we stuck with our own and like, you know, and then there was a young group of people and that was just, you didn't kind of like do what the other person was doing. And now there's just this, everybody's sharing and it's so inspiring to see all of these young women 
especially like just jumping in there and sharing all of their knowledge. Like yeah. they get on social media on Instagram or wherever, and they're like doing a, a talk about how you can market this better and how, and they're just sharing it. And I'm like, whoa, like 10 years ago, people would have been like, if you want that information, like you need to, to pay me for that information or like, I'm not going to share it. Cause that means that then you're going to get the business or, you know, and there was this kind of like, and now it's yeah. just opening up and I'm just like, my mind's blown. I'm like, wow. You mean yeah. like, yeah. And that is the double-edged sword. You know, social media has all its drawbacks, right? Like, you know, people, yeah. it can be addictive and, time you know, sucker. you have yeah. to be, yeah, yeah, total time sucker. Yeah. And sometimes, yeah. you know, like you invest more time in a day into that than you do into your actual work. And yeah. it's just this thing. But on the flip side of that, it's made communication and during COVID, like I found it even more so like building a community yes. with people and feeling connected yes. and all this stuff. And also I think it's like this realization that there's so much out there and it's like kind of what we were talking about before. If you give a piece of yourself and there's all kinds of people giving pieces of themselves and pieces of their work, but people are going to listen to you because you speak to them in some way, shape or form and you're their person. Yeah. And there's yeah. so many people that there's enough people that are going to find you that, you know, you're going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's not going to ruin your business by sharing too much. No, it is. It has opened up this whole new opportunity for all of us, um, you know, to be able to get what we need. Yeah. You know, where there was the barrier of like travel before or time or, or cost, you know, like a lot of these things, like you would have to travel to in person and sit for four hours in a seminar where now yeah. it's like, you can get it online and it's, you know, a fraction of the cost. So it's yeah. just, yeah, it's, it's been really, or free or free. Yeah. 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 You just have to look for it and it's out there and I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm really thankful for, for all of the people that are willing to just like put themselves out there. I think that, you know, um, what the, I, I don't know, what's the generation that these guys would be considered millennials, maybe. Um, <laughs> I think but, I'm a millennial and then there's like Gen Z okay. and Gen X and like, I don't even know yeah. anymore. <laughs> Whatever these like 20 something year olds are. Um <laughs> whatever generation that is like, man, I am inspired by them. And like, they are, they're just, they're so positive. Like, you know, I was, I was listening to um, your last guest. I was listening to the podcast last night about the um, body positive positivity. And I was just like, yeah, with Melissa. Yeah. Like I just, I am so inspired. Like you guys were talking about, you know, teenagers um, maybe not like, I think it was you that said, you know, you had have a niece that would what wears things that you would have never even imagined. Right. And I look at my daughter the same way. And I'm like, man, I could have never worn like a crop top She's <laughs> out there. Like, you know, and I am just, I'm so inspired by that generation. I'm just like, I'm blown away. Like, um, they've really, like shed a lot of things that like a lot of coats that I feel like I still wear. Yeah. Um, and I think it's so great that we can learn from them and that they're so willing to teach us. <laughs> yeah. You know, because like, 
back in the day, I would have been really frustrated with somebody my age trying to like get information from me. I would have been mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't have the time, you know, like it just, it's such a different attitude now. And um, yeah, it's, it's inspiring for sure. Yeah. yeah, it is. And, and it's cool because, you know, one of the things when I was going through school that I really felt like I, I had not to toot my own horn, but I had a grip on that. I felt like so many of my peers just didn't have a grip on or didn't think about was like, high school is going to end. Like yeah. it's going to be over. And like, this is just a step that we need to, in most cases, like just trudge through. Yeah. And, um, and then you will get out the other side and that's something that, you know, you need to be thinking about. And yeah. I feel like this generation is a little more aware of that. Maybe not necessarily in the sense of like education and I, you know, like I know what I want to do with my life. I don't mean that, but just a reality check of like, I, I should have confidence and I should feel good about my body. And like, yeah, who cares if these, whatever, I don't want to use a nasty word, but like, you know, whatever they say about me, they have their confidence to kind of roll past that. Whereas I feel like when I was in school, you know, a boy said something mean to you and that would like hit home for so long. And you may even carry that for years, that wound, whatever it was. Right. And, uh, I mean, I can't speak to it because I'm old in comparison now, but like I watched my niece with boys and peers and all these things. And she still has the teenage struggles that they all have. Yeah. Um, but I still feel like she has a better grip on her own, who she is and confidence and all that stuff that like, none of us did. None of us had that. No, so no, but you know, I, I think, you know, I, I feel like we can take, um, we can take some credit for that because I feel like the relationship that I have with my kids is very different than what I had with my parents. And, you know, I was very close with my parents. I still am very close with my parents. We live on the same property. Um, But there's just a difference in what was okay to say back then and what was acceptable. Um, And, you know, it's just been blown blown wide open. Like I can talk to my daughter about anything and my kids will come to me with anything. And so when they have those struggles, they're not internalizing it as much as we did, you know, like we were taught to like, just trudge on through it and like, you'll get through it and just keep, keep at it, you know, keep going. And, uh, and now they can just, they don't have to hang on to it for years and years and years. They can come home from school and say, this kid did this to me. And it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, like, let's work through that. Now that it's out there, let's work through it. You know, yeah. so I, I think we have to take some credit. I'm starting to learn that, you know, like we've done some of that. We've had an influence on that age. Yeah. You know, like we're, we are doing it right. And I, you know, like I'm, I'm super proud of the relationship that I have with my kids. Um, and the fact that they, they feel like they can, you know, um, come to me with anything. There aren't any secrets that are, that are too big, um, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. And so like, I think we're, we're raising them right. You know? Yeah. Like well, we're, we're providing that safety net that so many kids didn't have because you either, you were just black and white, not allowed to do something. So if you came home and you told us about it, you were going to be punished or there yeah. was going to be consequences. And, yeah, you know, now I feel like instead of punishment and consequences and stuff like that, there's a lot more conversation. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. And that's how you work through things. And that's how you don't repeat the same dumb mistakes over and over. And because you had the space to work it out and you had something to bounce it off. Right. Like you're talking about, even with the life coaching, it's like, we are doing more of that for our kids than our parents did for sure. hundred percent, hundred percent. Like, you know, I was just going to say that it's not that my parents did anything wrong or that that generation did anything wrong. They did what they knew and what they were taught and they improved upon the relationships that they had with their parents, you know? So there's always this evolution of like, you know, we're going to learn from that mistake and we're going to do it better. But with like social media and the internet and like, we just have so much more at our fingertips. We have so many more resources, I think, to, to be able to make decisions, um, than they did, you know? And, you know, like I've, I've had those conversations with my parents and, and, um, you know, they'll say to me like things about the relationship that I have with my daughter, like, you know, that I never would have said, um, told my parents about a boy or, you know, like those kind of problems or whatever that I was having. And it surprises them sometimes, you know, like what my kids will, will say or do, and it's not wrong. None of it's wrong, but sometimes they're just like, Whoa, you can tell, I can see the expressions on their faces of like, well, that was a little, I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with that, but I think I wouldn't have known what to do with Right. It's opening them up too to like having this amazing relationship with their grandchildren. Like they just, you know, it's, it's so cool to see, um, where we've kind of like evolved to. And like, you know, I, I think that we're going to have a whole new generation of like artists and creatives. And, um, because, you know, with my kids, it's like, you do whatever you want to do. You do whatever makes you happy. You don't need to stay in a job for like 30 years and, and push on and push on and push on. If you're unhappy, don't do it. Like yeah. life is too short. <laughs> if you want to go yeah. to art school, go to art school. Like if you want to be a cook, be a cook. If you, yeah. you know, whatever you want to do. It's um, a different mentality. It's this yeah. can mentality instead yeah. of this can't like even yeah though 2012 wasn't that long ago there was still this mentality and coming out of art school of like so most of you are only going to end up doing this as a hobby yeah like you know what I mean like most of you are not going to be doing art yeah no you know like that's not necessarily you if you do you're the minority you're the few and you walk into the world with this mentality and you're already cutting yourself short because you're not fully going for it. Cause you're like, I need the safety net. I need to do this. Whereas I see this new generation. That's just kind of like, like you say, like, let's just try it. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. Let's just do it. And yeah. I can probably do it. And if not, then that's okay. It was a learning experience, but I'm going to try. And yeah. there's so much of like fear yeah, of there's, trying. There's no pressure. Like, I think it's just, it's amazing because I'm, I'm like working backwards right? I feel like I'm working backwards from like, you know, I, I felt my whole life that I had to do this and now I don't want to do that, but it's really hard to get out of doing that. Cause my, my mind is just in that, like, you know, work full time in this job and loyalty and like all of this stuff. And, and I love my job and I love, you know, where I work. Um, but I also really love pottery. And so it's like, <laughs> you know, what at 47, it's like, I need to, 
start making some choices. Like, you know, what do I want to do to live out the rest of my like productive years or whatever. Right. Like, yeah, I really, I really, really want to do pottery, but it's, it's hard to work backwards and tear yourself away from like what, you know, and what you're comfortable in and like, um, things that are really consistent and, you know, like, so I, yeah, I admire, um, the young ones who are just like going for it. And, uh, I say to those people, like, just keep doing that. Like, don't, don't get tied down to something that you think you have to do for, for somebody else or, um, you know, like just keep doing that. Like you're inspiring so many of us to do that, you know? Um, yeah. But it's been so lovely talking to you and thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. And, um, it was neat to like, find out that we had a little bit of that, you know, history in this roundabout way. Um, cause yeah, I just, I I didn't realize, um, you know, I, I was looking at you and I'm like, she looks so familiar. Like I just know from somewhere. Um, yeah. So, um, it's really nice and, uh, thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. I have really enjoyed this. I was nervous, but man, this is, it's pretty fun. It is really fun. fun. It's fun to talk about, um, you know, when you're passionate about something, it's so easy to talk about. Yeah. So easy to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And you shared so much. And I want to thank you for that because, um, you know, it, it is, it's putting yourself out there. It's, it's exactly like the people when they walk into your class and they're going to try something new and, you know, and, and the podcast, it's, it's some people they're like, you know, no big deal, but other people can be a real challenge for. And so I, anybody, when anybody takes the time to talk to me, I'm just like, I get so excited and I just, I'm very appreciative. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you and I am glad we got connected and, uh, yeah, I look forward to hearing more podcasts in the future. I'm really enjoying listening to all of these other amazing artists and people in the community that, uh, are putting themselves out there too. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Thank you so much. All right.